the God be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. But good to see you this morning. This is the Christmas season. And uh, so we're going to begin today and then next week speaking from the Christmas story. Go to Luke chapter 1, okay, verse 26. And uh, if you are a guest this morning, again, welcome. We're so, so glad you are here. May the Lord bless you. Uh, and cause you to continue to experience his presence and his power in this house. In Jesus' name. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. Let's read together. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And behold, you will conceive to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice highly, favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Amen. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name, shall call his name? Jesus. Oh, there's just something about that name. So let's call his name May every knee bow, even at the mention of that name. Amen. May sicknesses bow at the mention of that name. Oppression bow, lack bow at the mention of his name. And we shall call his name. Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be what? Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? How can this be? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was. Amen. Can you can look forward to the day when whatever you're going through now will be in the past? Come on, say hallelujah. In Jesus' name, let it be so. Verse 37. For with God... With God what? Amen. And some versions will say, tell you that with the word of God, no word of God will be void of power. So some translations have, for with God nothing will be impossible and no word of God will be without power. No word of God will be without power. Power in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. One more time. Say, no word of God will be without power. Amen. There is, for some, a big issue about celebrating Christmas. Because they say December 25th 
is not the day Jesus was born. Therefore, we should not celebrate what we call Christmas. But what they don't realize is that we are not celebrating the birthday of Jesus. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Amen? And so what we have done is we have set apart a particular day. It can be December 25th. It can be my birthday, September 24th. But somewhere in Christian church history, it was decided that the event that took place when the word became flesh, that event we call the incarnation, combined with the event we call the resurrection, that those two events represent the most significant event in human history. There's no other event in human history that is greater than the event of the incarnation and the event of the resurrection. And that those events deserve to be acknowledged, celebrated, Christ glorified. We give thanks to him on those particular days. Just imagine what would have happened if Jesus had never been born. So it is completely irrelevant what the day is. What we are celebrating is the incarnation of the Son of God. In John chapter 1 verse 14, we read, And the Word, well John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14, and the word, everybody say, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word, say the word, became flesh. One more time, the word became flesh. In the story of Mary, the angel brings to Mary the good news that she is going to conceive and bring forth a child who will be called the Son of God. And Mary's response in, in, in verse 38, to the word, first she asks, how shall this be? I mean, this is something that has never, never, ever happened. She cannot look back and refer to one other instance where a woman without a man was able to conceive and bring forth a son. So she has nothing to refer to. This is completely, from a human standpoint and based upon our human understanding, impossible. No woman has a child without a man. And so this is completely beyond natural reasoning. And so she asks a question, well, I don't have a man. I'm not married. I'm not engaged with in, in, in sexual relationships with anybody. So how can I have a child? How is this possible? And then the angel spoke the word to her and said, that the power of the highest will come upon her. And Mary's response, despite, in spite of how impossible this was, Mary's response was, if you said it, it's so. Be it done unto me according to your word. Everybody say, and the word became flesh. Nine months later, Mary gave birth to him who we call Jesus, the son of the living God. The word became flesh.
flesh. What I want to talk to you today, because as we consider what happened with the birth of Jesus, and we celebrate the birth itself, there's a parallel revelation of huge significance of the power of the word to become whatever God determines it shall become. What did we hear in the prophecy? Stand on the word no matter what happens. Do what? Stand on the word no matter what happens. That's what Mary did. She stood on the word. And when she gave birth, later she went and saw Elizabeth. And the Bible says in verse 45, I believe, of chapter 1 of Luke, Elizabeth said, Blessed is she who has believed. Blessed is she who, in spite of the impossibility of the promise, made a quality decision that she was going to stand on the word no matter what happened. And because she made the decision to stand on the word no matter what happened, the word that God spoke to her became flesh in her life. That which was invisible became visible. That which was impossible became possible. That which could never happen happened because she dared to believe that the word of God has the power to come to pass and to become whatever God has determined it should become in your life. Say to the person next to you, I believe God's word has the power to become whatever God has determined it should become in my life. Say God's word has the power to become healing for me. God's word has the power to become provision for me. God's word has the power to become strength for me. God's word has the power to become a shield of faith for me. God's word has the power to become a sword of the spirit for me. God's word has the power to become peace in my heart, wisdom in my mind, joy in my soul. God's word has the power to become success, good success for me. Say God's word has the power to become whatever God determines it should become in my life. God's word is programmed by God to become whatever God has determined it should become in your life. Therefore, make the decision, I'm going to stand on the word of God until hell freezes over. I'm going to stand on the word of God no matter what because I know that God's word has the power to become flesh in my life. Say with, with God, nothing shall be impossible. And with his word, nothing shall be impossible. Some of you may be familiar with what they call stem cells. The body has stem cells, embryonic stem cells that are present when there's conception. And those cells have the ability to become whatever the body is going to need to live. Those cells have been programmed by God to become lungs, hearts, brains, eyes, ears, mouth. Same cells, but God has so programmed them that those cells can become everything and anything 
that the body is going to need to become a full human being. So the embryo comes, there's no heart, but programmed in the stem cell is the ability to become a heart, to become a, a, a set of lungs, to become eyes. Hear me. In the realm of the spirit, what the stem cells are in your body, God's word is in the realm of the spirit. God's word is programmed by God to become whatever God has ordained it to become in your life. God's word is programmed with the power to produce everything you need for life and godliness. Come on, say, no word of God is void of ability. You see, we don't know what we have in the word. We don't understand what the word can do in our lives. We don't understand what the word can do for us. We don't understand what the word can do through us. So we neglect the word of God. And when we neglect the word of God, we're neglecting the power of God to cause the will of God to be accomplished in your life. Are you still here? How many of you got a Bible? Raise your Bible. Now, thank you. When was the last time you opened it and read it? When was the last time you really meditated on the words of scriptures? When was the last time you took time to allow this word to dominate your imagination and your thoughts to such a degree that it will control your speech and control your behavior? One more time, say God's word has the power to become. In Proverbs chapter 4, 18, God says, my son, attend, pay attention to my words. In other words, let your words, my words, dominate your thoughts and your imagination. He says, attend to your, my word. Don't let them depart from your eyes, the eyes of your imagination. Keep them in the midst of your heart because they will be what? Medicine to your flesh and healing for your body. So the word of God has the power to become healing for your body. Medicine for your flesh. But how does it become that for you? He says, attend to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. In other words, let the word of God dominate. Spend so much time in the word, meditating on the word, using your imagination to see what the word is saying. Spend so much time doing that, that the word begins literally to dominate your thoughts, dominate your imaginations. To the point that it starts to control your speech and your actions. And he said that word will become healing for you. There's power in the word to cause healing to take place in our bodies. To Joshua, God said, this book, the word, shall not depart from your eyes. You shall do what? Meditate in it day and night. Meditate in it day and night. Why day and night? Because you got to spend that much time in it for it to dominate your thoughts. It's not enough just to know it. It doesn't release its power to the degree that we need if we just know it. If we want it to truly perform, then God said, this is what you need to do. You need to take it. You need to meditate in it. How often? In other words, all the time. That's what it means. Keep the word of God in your mind, in your mouth, in your heart all the time. He says, if you do that, 
you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. In other words, when the word of God is dominating my mind, dominating my thoughts, filling my heart, filling my mouth, the word has the power to become, produce, cause good success to manifest in my life. He didn't say pray for good success. He didn't even say pray for healing. Because what? The word can become the healing you need. The wisdom you need. The word can produce that. The word produced the baby, the body for the son of God. That word that produced the body for the Son of God to inhabit can produce healing for you, prosperity for you, breakthrough for you, wisdom for you, good success for you, peace for you. It can produce a shield of faith that can quench all the fiery dust of the enemy in spiritual warfare. It can produce a sword of the Spirit that can cause the enemy to flee. This word can bring provision, abundant provision out of complete lack. Peter had been fishing all day, caught nothing. He had given up for the day. He was going home. And then Jesus came and Jesus preached the word. And then Jesus turned to Peter and said, Peter, go ahead now. Cast your net one more time. Peter said, I've been here all day. I've done all I know to do. I have failed. There's just nothing here. The fish are not here. But nevertheless, stand on the word, nevertheless. Everything says no. Everything says no. Everything points to no. Nevertheless, stand on the word, nevertheless, because you said it, at your word, because of your word, I'm going to act upon your word. I'm going to believe your word. I'm going to do what you just said. Peter acted on the word, and the word produced. The word became. Where there was nothing, the word became a net-breaking, boat-sinking load of fish. The word did that. The power in Jesus' word did that. One day there were no, not enough food. Five loaves, two fish. The Bible says Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and blessed it. He spoke his word. He spoke his word. He blessed the bread. He blessed the fish. And the word had the power. Oh! To take five loaves and two fish, lack, and turn it, create an abundance that was enough to meet all the needs of the people and to have baskets left over. That's the innate power that is within God's word to become whatever God has ordained it to become in your life. Somebody say, God, thank you for your word. No word of God is void of power. Are you still here? Go to Isaiah chapter 55, 11. I want to show you something. Isaiah 55, 11. Again, this is God describing his word, the characteristics of his word. This is God testifying about his word. This is God really doing a little boasting about his word. Oh God, please open my eyes. Please open our eyes that we may truly see, grasp, understand, and walk in this revelation. May these no longer be just words on the page. May they be the truth we live by. In Jesus' name, let every thought in our minds be taken captive to the obedience of Christ. May we see this, understand it, grasp it, and walk in it. In Jesus' name. Let's read it together. Verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, 
but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing. Wow. That's the New King James Version. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish. It shall prosper. What is the it? What is the it? So the word shall not return void. Other versions say it shall not return empty. Other versions say it will not be useless. Another version say it will not fail to produce the results or the outcomes he has predetermined for it. Another version said by, by God, God said, my word will not return without succeeding. Without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Did you hear what God is saying? Notice, notice what God is saying. When I want something done, one of the primary ways by which I get things done is to send my word to do it. You get up and you send your son to the store and you say, go and bring me some milk. And your son, because he's obedient, gets in the car, goes to the store and brings you some milk. You say to your daughter, go up my office and uh, my laptop is up there. Please get my laptop, laptop. And she gets up from where she is. She goes and she brings the laptop. So when God wants something done, this is not metaphor. This is not just preaching. I'm just describing what he said. Let's believe it. God says, when I want something done, I stick to my word. Go to such and such and do so and so. And he says, not once have I ever said to my word, go to such and such and do so and so. And my word came back empty. My word has never come back to me with an excuse. My word has never said I tried, but I couldn't do it. Never once in all of God's existence, and that is forever, has God ever once sent his word on a mission that that word did not have the ability to perform. God says, go to so-and-so and heal her. Word, heal her of her diseases. And immediately the word is on a mission to go to so-and-so and heal her. Go to so-and-so and deliver her from her enemies. And the word immediately goes on a mission to deliver that one from her enemies. Go to so-and-so and protect him from injury or harm that the enemy has planned against her. And the word goes and becomes your protection from injury. Are you hearing me? God sends his word on a mission. God fulfills his will by means of his word. So God has said and God will say to his word, go and do this for her. Go and do this for him. Go and do this for them. Go and cause this to happen. Go and fulfill this. And if we would believe that word, that word will fulfill whatever God has sent it to do in your life. Does anybody believe what I just said? Come on, do you believe that there is healing in the word of God? That there is deliverance in the word of God? That there is protection in the word of God? Do you believe that? Then be it done unto you according to his word. Go to Psalm 107.20. I want to show you again another instance of this very thing happening. He, let's read it together. What did he do? He sent his word and healed them and delivered them 
from their destructions. So, how does God heal us? He sends his word. How does God deliver us? Deliver us? He sends his word. And the word delivers us from our destructions. The word heals us of our diseases. Let me tell you something. The highest form of faith, the greatest faith that we can manifest is faith in the power of God's word to produce the results that God has sent it for. It's one thing to believe in God and God's power that exists in his person. It's another thing to believe that that same power that exists in God's person also exists in God's word. That what God can do in his person, his word can do by his power. Let me, let me, let, why do I say this is the highest level of faith? Because of what happened in Matthew chapter 8. You know the story? Go to Matthew chapter 8 verse 5 and 10. From verse 5 to 10. You know the story? This Roman centurion came to Jesus. Remember that? And told Jesus that his servant was very, very sick. He said, my servant is paralyzed and he's being tormented. Which means he was in a lot of pain. He was suffering. And this man came to Jesus because he wanted his servant healed. And when he got to Jesus, he said to Jesus, this is his condition. My servant is paralyzed. He's suffering. He's in a lot of pain. And Jesus instantly said, I will come to your house and I will heal him. Most people will say, great. Jesus, I know you can by your presence. If you come to my house, definitely my servant will be healed. That would be faith. That would be faith in the power of the presence of Jesus. And Jesus was prepared to come physically to his house and by the presence of Jesus manifest the power of healing and heal this man. But the man said to Jesus, no. He said, no, no, no. Jesus, I know by the power of your presence, you can heal my son, but I, my servant. But I also know that you don't even need to come. No, no. I, I, I will be honored, Jesus, if you came to my house. But you know, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel worthy. So I don't want you to come because I don't feel worthy. But, but you don't have to come. Because I believe that what the power of your presence can do, your word as the agent of your power can do. That whatever you can do by your presence, your word as the agent of your power can do. He said, Jesus, I believe that your word is as powerful as yourself. That you don't have to come, that there is enough power in the word as the agent of your power to heal my son. So don't come, just speak the word. Just send the word. Just commission the word. And the word will accomplish the same thing that you would accomplish by your presence. And Jesus said, wow. He was astonished. He says, I've never seen this level of faith in anybody among my own people who should know the word, to whom the word was sent. They don't have this revelation. But here's a Gentile who has the revelation that my word is the agent of my power. And whatever I can do by the power of my presence, my word can do as the agent of my power. That my word contains the same amount of authority and power as I have. 
And my word can do everything I can do. This is what we need to understand. Whenever Jesus or God issues a command or makes a promise, he commissions that command. He commissions that promise. He commissions that word to fulfill itself. He commissions it with the ability to perform. God said many years ago, let there be. He commissioned the word of his mouth to create the universe and to sustain the universe. And metaphorically speaking, God gets up every morning, goes to sleep, gets up every morning, goes to sleep. God is not worried about the universe because the word was commissioned to create it and sustain it. And the power of the word is sustaining and creating. The Bible says he's holding all things together by the word of his, by the word of his what? Power. He commissions his word with the ability, with the ability to fulfill itself. He commissions his word when he says, he healeth all your diseases. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. He has commissioned that word to be the agent of healing in your life. And when you believe it, it performs. When he says, I shall supply all your needs, or I am your shepherd and you will not want. Now, he can do that by the power of his presence. But he can also do it by the agent of his power. The word of God is the agent of his power. It's commissioned to fulfill itself. It's empowered to fulfill itself. It will never return to God without succeeding in what God has sent it to do. I know our minds don't fully comprehend it, but God said, my word is living. He says, my word is a living thing. I'm going to raise your hand and say, Lord, I believe not only in the power of your presence, but in the power of your word. I believe that your word is the agent of your power and that you sent your word with the power to fulfill itself in my life. If a, if a four-star general wants to get something done, he can get up from behind his desk and go and do it himself. Or he can say to the corporal or to the major, do so and so and so. That major now has become the agent of his power. He is now working, getting his will done through that agent. The, the general is working. He's getting his will accomplished, but it's through this agent that he has just commissioned with this assignment. God doesn't have to get up from behind his desk. His word is the agent of performance. Jesus doesn't have to come to your house. If you will simply believe that the word that he has spoken is the agent of his power, he doesn't have to come to your house to give you a miracle. You can receive your miracle directly from the word. Did you hear me? Jesus doesn't have to come to your house to heal you. He doesn't have to come to your house to put food on your table. He doesn't have to come to your house to protect you from evil. He doesn't have to come to your house to deliver you from witchcraft. He doesn't have to do any of that because he has already spoken. He has already spoken. 
He has already spoken. He has spoken. And in the word that he has spoken is the power of his own for fulfillment. Every command comes to the power to fulfill itself. Every promise comes to the power to fulfill itself in those who will believe it. Hallelujah. So this Roman centurion received the miracle for his servant simply by believing that the word was the agent of his power and that the word was enough. Jesus didn't have to go. The word was enough. And then what did Jesus say to him? He said, be it done to you as you have as what? As you, now that's important. You see, because if you believe that Jesus has to come to your house to give you a miracle, then the only miracles you can receive are the miracles that are the result of Jesus coming to your house. Last time I looked, Jesus isn't walking around like he used to. So if I'm waiting for Jesus to come to my house, I may have to wait for the resurrection. Because according to my faith, if I'm believing Christ has to come, the word is not enough, then I'm not going to receive any miracles through the word. If I believe the word does not have the power to fulfill itself, then I have eliminated the word as the agent of his power. And I'm not going to receive any miracles through the word. Because it's according to what I believe. So if I said, Jesus, as you're passing by, touch me, then the only miracles I'm going to receive are the miracles that happen when Jesus is manifesting gifts of the Spirit and, and the Holy Ghost is manifesting himself, then you may receive a touch at that moment in your healing. But that's the only kind of miracle you're going to heal, receive are the miracles that happen when the Holy Spirit is manifesting himself in special ways, maybe in a worship service like this. But man, do you see how you're shortchanging yourself? Do you see how you're limiting your experience of God's power? If your power, if your faith is only in the manifested presence of the Lord? According to your faith, if you and I can start to believe like this Roman centurion, that all I need to be healed is the word of the Lord. That that word has the power to raise me up. If I start to believe that all I need to experience good success is the word of provision and promise of prosperity in the word. If I believe there's power in that word to fulfill itself. If all I need is to believe that the word is a shield of faith for me and a sword of the spirit. Then whatever I believe becomes my experience. So. What are you going to believe? What are you going to do with the word? How are you going to tap into this amazing ability of God's word to perform whatever God has willed and promised in your life? What did Mary do? Mary said, Lord, be it done unto me according to your word. She responded to the word. In such a way that the word that was spoken became flesh in her life. And later Elizabeth could say, you are blessed. You who believed in the word of God. <laughs> turn, to, turn to 1 Thessalonians. Because I want to, I, I want, I don't want to end until I show you this. First Thessalonians chapter, chapter two, verse thirteen. Hallelujah! Are, are you getting this? Jesus can do it by the power of His presence. And many times, when we're in the presence of God, and His presence is manifesting, all kinds of miracles can happen. Thank God for the power of His presence. But we're limiting ourselves. If the only time we're going to receive miracles is when he's manifesting his presence. Because there's so much more that you and I can be walking in and experiencing 
if we can take our faith one step higher and begin to believe that not only do we experience miracles through the power of his presence, we experience miracles through the power of his word. And the word is programmed to release its power in those who believe. So let's, let's, let's read this, this verse together. Everybody together. For this reason, we also thank God with our season because you received the word of God which you heard from us. You welcomed it not as the word of men but as it is in truth the word of God which also effectively works in you who believe. I think the I think the Amplified Bible says, which exercises its superhuman power. He says, he exercises, the word exercises its superhuman power in those who believe. You fall asleep when the word is being preached. You don't bother to listen to it after you heard it. One day later, you can't say what was said. And then you wonder why you're not experiencing the power that is available in the word of God for you. But those who believe it, King James says, it will work effectively. Amplified Bible says it will exercise its superhuman power. In other words, that same power that is in God is in the word. And that superhuman power, the word will exercise in you. The word will operate in you. The word will produce in you. The word will supply to you that superhuman power to all those who believe it. So here's the point as I bring this to a close. Because the word has so much power because the highest level of faith is to believe that the agent of his power is his word and that agent of power can do exactly what the one who sent it to do can do. That God's word is as strong and powerful and able, and able to produce its results by the superhuman power that works in it as Jesus himself would produce if he was manifesting his presence. Because we understand that and because Jesus is no longer walking the streets like he used to. You can't take him to your house like they used to. He couldn't go, he can't go to your house like he was prepared to go to the centurion's house. Then more than ever, we've got to connect to the agent of his power, which is always present and available. Now notice how the word is to be received. He says, you received it as what? The word of God. For the word to release its superhuman power and work effectively in us, we have to first acknowledge it is the word of God and not the word of men. What I've preached today are you receiving it as the word of your pastor, which is not to be taken seriously? It's merely the word of an excited preacher. Or are you receiving this as the word of God? As the word which God himself speaks concerning his word. The Roman centurion, Mary, received the word as what it really was, the word of God, the word of Christ. So you must first receive it and acknowledge it as the word of God. Psalm 103 is the word of God. Psalm 91 is the word of God. Philippians 4.19 is the word of God. Exodus 15.26 is the word of God. Are you listening to me? 
Secondly, notice, you received it which you heard. You cannot receive it unless you are hearing it. It's the word of God that has the power to do all that Jesus can do. Jesus who spoke it has commissioned it to perform and fulfill itself. But it must what be received as the word, but you cannot receive it as the word until you hear it. So hearing it is part of receiving it. Say to your neighbor, hear the word. 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 And you want to keep hearing the word until it dominates your imagination and your thoughts. You want to keep hearing the word until it's controlling your speech and your actions. Keep hearing. Say again. Keep hearing. Keep hearing. Say my soul. Keep hearing. Say Daniel. DJ. Whatever your name is. Keep hearing. Come on. Keep hearing. Keep hearing. Keep hearing. Keep hearing. Keep hearing. Day and night. Keep hearing. All the time. Keep hearing. Meditate on it. Keep hearing. Keep hearing. Keep hearing. Keep hearing. Why? Because it is the word of God, the agent of his power. And it has been commissioned to deliver blessings to you. Now notice, you keep hearing it and he says you welcomed it. You did what? Welcomed it. Other translations will say you accepted it. You received it. You welcomed it. You accepted it as it is through the word of God. This is what that really means. You need to receive the word and honor the word the same way you will receive Jesus and honor Jesus. You cannot say you've received me and you've welcomed me and you've honored me if you don't receive my word and honor my word. You treat the word of a man the same way you treat the man. And the way you treat the word is the way you're treating the man. So hear me, if the word of God is going to deliver and fulfill and, and, and exercise its superhuman power in my life, I need to learn how to welcome it, honor it, the same way I will honor and welcome Jesus himself. That Roman centurion welcomed his word in the same way he welcomed him. You can't say, well, the word of God said, but. Oh, that's the word of God, then you never spend time in it. Oh, that's the word of God, but it's, you're always busy. You don't have time to listen. Oh, it's the word of God, but I don't have time to hear it. If you're not hearing it and listening, you're not welcoming it. You're not receiving it. Do you know how you receive a king? If Jesus Christ was to say, I'm coming to your house tomorrow, when you leave there tonight, in fact, you wouldn't have even come to church. You would have... You, <laughs> You'll be spending all day cleaning your house, all the dirt, all the stuff that shouldn't be there. You'll go buy some new furniture, new things, amen, new dishes, everything, right? Because you honor the man Jesus. Can you imagine what would happen if we start honoring his word in the same way? I, I am absolutely convinced. If I begin to honor the word of Jesus to the degree that I honor the man Jesus, the word of Jesus is going to work in my life. I'm going to experience that superhuman power at a far greater level than I'm experiencing now. So may God help me to honor and to receive and to welcome this word, even as I would welcome the physical presence of Jesus in my house. Are you hearing me? I will continue next week.
come on, I, yeah, let's celebrate. Come on, let's, let's thank God for the word. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Say, Lord, I believe your word. Lord, I hear your word. And I will keep hearing your word. Lord, I welcome your word. I accept your word. I honor your word. Lord, I believe your word has the same power to perform miracles in my life as Jesus himself. So I believe Jesus and his word are one. I believe the word of God contains the power of God to create him. Everything that God has desired for me in Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Because the word of God is so powerful, Joel the prophet said, let the weak say I'm strong. In other words, let the word dominate your imagination. Let it dominate your thoughts. Let it fill your mouth. Let the weak say, I am strong. And when you open your mouth and you speak the word, you are connecting your faith to the strength that is in the word for you. And let the poor say, I am. Oh, yeah, yeah. You see, you're letting the word dominate your thoughts. You're letting it dominate your imagination. It's not controlling your speech. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. Amen. When you speak the word of God, your faith is connecting with the power that is in that word to produce the healing that you need, the strength that you need, the provision that you need, the miracle that you need that is in that word. You're connecting to that power with your words. We'll talk more about that next week. Say hallelujah. Everybody say, Lord, I love your word. Amen. So when you go home, seriously, more than praying, if we define prayer as talking to God, spend time meditating in this word seeing it in your mind let it dominate your thoughts let it dominate your speech let it dominate your imagination because when it's dominating you to that degree then the power that is in that word is working effectually in fact let the word so dominate you that it, it causes you to get into what we call just spontaneous praise and worship that's what happened with Mary because the word was dominating her, she went on to say, my soul magnifies the Lord. I rejoice in God, my Savior. You see, when the word is really dominating your imagination, it causes spontaneous praise. That's one of the ways you know the word is really now working in you because in the midst of what you're going through, you're now able to praise. You're able to sing. You're able to rejoice. Circumstances may not change, but the word is so dominating your thoughts and imagination that instead of complaining, you're praising God. Are you hearing me? And when you have allowed the word to dominate you to that degree, get ready. You're about to give birth to a miracle. Say hallelujah. Get ready. You are about to give birth to a miracle. You're about to see the word become flesh in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Last week we told you, don't be lukewarm. Come on. Stir up yourself and become passionate about Jesus. Now we're telling you the key to overcoming lukewarmness is to get back into that word and let the word start to dominate. The word concerning Jesus, because that's what it is. The word concerning Jesus, the works that Christ has done, the things he has accomplished. Let that word fill and occupy your mind and heart. Because that word contains the power to fulfill itself in your life. 
Thank you, Father, for your word. And I declare that this word will not return void. You send this word to heal us. You send this word to produce faith in us. You send this word to transform us. You send this word to create a new attitude in us towards your word. Lord, I release my faith in the power of this word. And I declare that this word will not return empty. It will succeed. It will accomplish its purpose. And it will cause your people to begin to become people of the word again. It will cause your people to begin to spend so much time in the word that the word will begin to dominate their thinking. And it will cause your people to begin to experience the power of the word producing after its kind. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Please be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.